It's the Sarah Rose story. My name is Glenn Klein. Sarah, what's the story? Hey, Glenn. So the story today, I'm really excited, is this is the first ever Sarah Rose Story podcast. I've had a ton of people ask me when I'm going to start my own podcast, and so here I am. I've been on hundreds, if not, I don't even know how many. I've probably been on at least a thousand podcasts now, and it's a great opportunity to be able to talk to people and really share my heart in a way that isn't always... Um, able to come across through Facebook or Instagram, which are typically the platforms that I'm on. So I just love the podcast um, way of being able to speak uh, and really go into more detail about all of the things that I'm here to share. So, so here we go. The Sarah Rose story is beginning. And the reason that I'm calling it this is a couple of reasons. So First of all, I'm excited to be able to share my story. I love hearing all of your stories. Whenever I get on calls with with you all and you tell me your stories or you send in messages uh, that tell me your story, I love hearing that. And it's such an important part of being a human is our story. And it also can be what really holds us back. So understanding the story potential that humans have is a really powerful thing because it can be the thing that holds us back if we get trapped in a negative story of something, you know, that is bringing us down in our lives. And often when I'm working with clients, I'll remind them over and over and over, get out of the story, get out of your head, get into the sensations in your body. And also, the flip side of that is using the power of the story to create the life that you desire to live. You have the ability, the potential to create whatever story for your life that you want to create. And believing in that story and taking action towards that story you have the ability to create that. So understanding our story is such an important part of the human experience. And that's what I'm excited to share through this podcast series that we're moving into. So thank you, Glenn, for being here. Thank you for being a part of my story. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, doing this and you know, you have been really influential in helping me get this started. So thank you very much, um, Glenn, for my audience. He has his own podcast and he's had me on his podcast several times, Sex in the Pews. And it's been a great um, just collaboration that we've had together, seamless. So thank you for being here. I'm excited. And I want to hear your story. Well, Can you first, tell us your story, Glenn? Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't know you were on thousands of other podcasts. You were cheating on me? <laughs> well, I can't say thousands, um, but I've but, probably been close to a thousand at least, yeah. <laughs> well, we have a polyamorous relationship vis-a-vis the podcast world. I, I am really honored to be here. Our energy connected the first time that you were on Sex of the Pews. And energies connect. They really do. We know scientifically we are walking, talking energy grids. And sometimes there's connections. And sometimes there are wonderful connections. 
and it has a lot to do with what you do uh, in your coaching practice, as well as what I do in communication and relationship coaching. I'm a life coach and a host of two podcasts, Sex in the Pews, as Sarah said, and also Glenn Klein Online, which is a general topic uh, show, basically whatever I want to talk about. I just turned 60 years old, and uh, so I'm an old motherfucker. Are, are we allowed to swear on the show? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I should have checked with you first before. Didn't know if that was part of the story or not. And uh, my first career was as a resident summer camp owner and director in northern Wisconsin. I bought my boyhood summer camp uh, when I was 23 years old. A camp, by the way, that... Uh, I was molested at, <clears throat> excuse me, at nine years old by, by, by cabin counselor. And then I ended up going to buy the camp. So obviously that's a huge part of my story. And mm-hmm. we uh, owned and operated that camp for 15 years, my wife and I, Dawn. We just had an amazing experience there. We have six children. Uh, we have been divorced for 15 years and are still very close. In fact, Dawn hosted uh, my 60th birthday party, which... Uh, Many of my children were there. I am the grandfather of Connor with uh, Caroline on the way. Pretty excited about that. And I just love touching lives in any way that uh, people are open to. And this is one of the uh, huge blessings about being affiliated with the Sarah Rose story is that I know that that is your heart. You just want to help Men specifically, but by extension, the women in their lives, because if you can get to the guys, then the ladies are going to be happier. How accurate is that statement? Yeah, right. <laughs> if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's what we say in the South. <laughs> and I know the South because uh, we've been in Tampa for 25 years. We moved from northern Wisconsin where uh, we call it the frozen chosen up there. And then, uh, then we thought out and came to Tampa 25 years ago, and uh, all my kids were grown and uh, all over the country. Nobody in Texas, though. All my exes live in Texas, but none of my kids. <laughs> all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so how in the world does a young woman like you decide one day, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a men's sex coach. How does that happen? <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, did you just wake up like that, Sarah Rose? <laughs> oh, well, it's been a journey. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been an amazing journey and one that I'm, I wake up grateful for every single day. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting job and it's one that just continues to light me up. And in life, my motto is that pleasure is my true north. And so I just keep following my pleasure. And what lights me up is what I do. And people are attracted to that. They're attracted to somebody that's having fun, that has passion. And, you know, it's like that. That's just what I keep doing. And it just keeps leading me in the the right directions in life. Um. So let's see. I moved to New York City right out of high school. 
Um, and I didn't go to FIT right away. I first started modeling. Uh, I went to New York and modeled. And then when I was, I didn't really like the industry. So I decided that I would quit um, and go to school at the Fashion Institute instead. So I did modeling for about a year and then I moved into school at FIT and really loved that. Um, I loved the fashion industry a lot. I still do. I'm like still the biggest fashionista ever. <laughs> like, even in, even when I do jujitsu, like I have to buy like the designer geese. <laughs> can't just wear like the regular ones. Um, but so when I was in school at FIT, I needed a PE credit. And so I decided to take yoga. Uh, and I grew up very conservative, um, very like fundamentalist, Christian, evangelical. And so just being in New York City was already very eye opening for me. Uh, and then, uh, like, doing yoga like that seemed really edgy <laughs> and to, by today's standards it seems funny to even say but at that point like it was super edgy you know to like do this thing from an eastern um tradition and so I but I did it and I loved it I absolutely loved it like it just felt really lit up inside it felt good I felt at home so I continued down the yogic path uh, and found myself <laughs> going to India. I shouldn't say found myself. I definitely made the choice to go to India and I was very excited about it. Uh, I When I went for a teacher training and became certified in Kundalini and White Tantra, um, with my teacher, Gurmuk Karkalsa, who I absolutely adore. She is just an incredible teacher. She's an incredible woman. She is fierce. She is powerful. She is energetic. She is timeless. Um, and she, like, she really, I saw in her an example of, like, how to be a female leader in the world. Um, and so, so much, I give her so much credit for uh, the woman that I am today. And so, I went to uh, India twice with her, also trained with her in New York and in LA as well. And uh, when I was in India the second time, actually, it was when um, I was introduced to my guru. And I really knew at that point that um, it, was, uh, it was time for me to shift from uh, like the kundalini white tantra to red tantra that really incorporates our sexual energy uh with the tantric practices and so um i became initiated in that lineage um under the maha avatar babaji nagaraj and so i became initiated in that lineage began practicing um kriya uh red tantra and it's a really powerful lineage and tradition to be a part of that I'm really grateful uh, to. And I still, while that is not something that I teach personally, it's something that I practice um, and continue to uh, train in that lineage as well. So long story, Glenn, oh my goodness. <laughs> we we, we like, have a show called the Sarah Rose Story. So we've got... <laughs> 
One of the things that perked up, my ears perked up about when you talked about how just trying yoga was so out there because a lot of folks don't realize, and as with the Sex and the Pews podcast, our podcast is about healthy sexuality and examining the historic ill effects of religion on healthy human sexuality. That's why Sex and the Pews. But a lot of people who weren't raised in a conservative religious home like you were would think, what's the big deal about yoga? But for <laughs> from that perspective, you get into yoga as a serious or conservative Christian, you are crossing over into what they would consider the occult or things of Satan, correct? Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, actually, last week uh, I was talking to a woman, and I—I I mean, I—I'm always talking to people. I feel like that's the bulk of my job is talking to people and hearing their stories. Uh, and so I was talking with this woman, and she lives here in Austin, where I live. And she says to me um, that she's—you know—she's been really interested in in yoga, but she's heard that, um, it's satanic. And I was like, well, you know, let's, let's break this down a bit <laughs> because, um, you know, Satan is a construct of Christianity, uh, which has been around, you know, for the last couple thousand years, whereas yoga has been around about 5,000 years. And if, if uh, Christianity or if you, if yoga is satanic, then Satan would have had to come before yoga. So it just doesn't make sense to say that. Um, she's like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense, you know, but, and there's no connection at all, but really, um, yeah, we're going in a different direction than I wanted to go with this. <laughs> well, well, uh, she was concerned about getting involved in something that really changed your life for the amazing. So, yeah, so it, how, so how do you encourage somebody who's trepidatious, not only about yoga, but about tantric? So I don't feel like it's my job to encourage anyone, you know, everyone has their own path and their own journey. And, you know, I'm just living mine. If someone wants to try it, they will, if they don't, they don't. Uh, and, but the way that I teach Tantra now is, in a very, uh, just, it's non-religious, it's non-spiritual, it's really just a way of helping everybody have better sex, and that's ultimately, like, there, there are a lot of things in Tantra that I've found uh, to be universal truths, but one is a sense of peace inside, of just coming home to oneself, of like reclaiming your own body, your own sexuality in a really healthy, loving, holistic way. Um, and from that place, being able to have really amazing sex, because it's hard to have really amazing sex if you feel like there's something wrong with you as a as a human, um, there's something wrong with having sex, you know, there's something that's dirty and shameful about it. All of these things make it hard to really enjoy sex, yet enjoying sex is something that everybody really wants. <laughs> so Tantra has helped me find that place, and that's why I share what I share. So 
This is something that anybody can do. Doesn't matter what religion you have or what type of belief system, what type of spirituality. Like you can have better sex, <laughs> and that's really what I'm here to teach. How so. how did you go from having a breakthrough personally to deciding to become a coach yourself in this? Well, I mean, it did start when I became trained uh, and certified as a teacher when I went to India. So that's when I officially started teaching. Uh, and that was just part of the evolution of the path for me was uh, really feeling like I wanted to become a, I wanted, I did, I actually did it for more personal development. So I did the teacher training program to learn more to go deeper into the practices myself um but then naturally from that i became a teacher and so i also then became certified as a sex love and relationship coach and uh in that program i had different specialties uh, that i could choose from and so i chose uh, to specialize in tantra and also in men's sexuality and so that's where I really, you know, started focusing on working with men and their sexuality. And that came from working first with women. So I first worked as a woman's women's sex coach and we, uh, it was really great. Saw a lot of women have a lot of breakthroughs and I kept hearing from them over and over about how they wanted men to do this work. And we're in this period right now of feminism and me too, and, um, toxic masculinity, you know, all the shit that we hear all the time. And it really just seemed like there needed to be a voice for, men and most women that are strong females like myself who consider themselves feminists as I do uh, they also have a lot of bitterness and hatred towards men masculine in general uh, and that isn't helpful it doesn't serve anybody to have that um, I have had my own share, fair share of toxic men in my life. And I've worked through that bitterness that I had myself. Um, and, you know, have the clear understanding that because certain individuals behave in a certain way, that doesn't mean an entire gender behaves in a certain way, you know, and there are definitely just as many toxic women out there as there are to toxic men. Uh, and so, I want to help empower men because I see how women are becoming um, just they're coming into their self themselves more they're becoming more empowered and they really the women that I talk to are really desiring for men to rise up with them um, women don't like men to be weak and so it does kind of baffle me when I see in our culture there's a lot of male bashing, a lot of male shaming, a lot of putting men down. Um, because what that does, like it, it emasculates men, right? It weakens them. But then at the same time, women want men that are strong. So there's a strange paradox happening that doesn't match up. Like our desires are not matching up. And so uh, I know 
what type of men women truly desire to have in their lives. And so I am, you know, decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help men in this crazy climate that we're living in. I'm going to give them the tools to work through all this stuff and give them insight into what women are desiring and how to, um, how to find that in themselves to authentically develop themselves as a healthy sexual man uh, and, you know, like help them just to raise up and become powerful again in a really um, just grounded, healthy way. I don't think that men were ever really powerful. Uh, you can't be powerful when you're subjugating half the, the species. And so we're actually evolving into a true masculinity, a true power that empowers everyone, including the women in our lives. But what kind of men do women want in their lives in 2020, Sarah? Well, I mean, to that, it's a, I mean, the patriarchy is a system that has been in place. And Yes, men are involved in that, but women have been as well. You know, women being half of the species uh, definitely could have risen up sooner and stood up for their rights. You know, so there's there's being subjugated and then there's also allowing it to happen, you know, and I tell men the same thing because men say I'm being emasculated by women and like, the only men being emasculated by women are the ones that are allowing it to happen. So what, whether they know it or not. Right. Yeah. You know, so there's, it's, there's always two sides of the story. Uh, and that's a very unpopular thing for me to say <laughs> in this time. What, that the, what there's two sides to a story. Uh, well, no, just about like <laughs> oh, that. Mean. It's about personal responsibility. You're, you know? so you're saying that women had part responsibility for the patriarchy throughout the history of the planet? I'm saying that there is definitely responsibility to always be found on both sides. And it's not ever fair to blame an entire gender for what happened in your life. And these things are not easy to break through, clearly. Like, I fully get it. You, Especially when you're raised in a certain way, that brainwashing that occurs in childhood is very hard to break free from. Uh, and if everyone in the culture is doing the same thing, then it's very difficult. So I'm not saying that this is not, this was an easy thing or I'm not blaming women, but it's just really looking at things and not just blaming an entire gender for what has happened in your life or what has happened in culture. You know, the guys that are alive today are not the ones that did this. And so why exactly. are we blaming them? Exactly. Why are why are men walking around in shame today for things that they didn't do? Um, some of them, yes, there are definitely some men out there that, you know, are doing really shitty things and they should be stopped. Uh, but the guys that I work with, I'm not seeing this. I'm seeing guys that are really doing their best and it gives me hope when I see the guys that I work with because I just like I see how 
how amazing they are, how much they care, how much they desire change, how broken they've been by this, and that they're really willing to do the work to build themselves up. And the patriarchy has not been any better to men than women. Men, while, okay, yeah, men have made more money um, than women, they've had more rights than women, but on an emotional level, like, they have been just as shut down, they have had just as much conditioning locking them into place as women have. Like, the patriarchy, while supposedly, I mean, it has given men more advantages, but it's also given them a lot of disadvantages, and in the way that they're able to express themselves, you know, what's expected out of them as a man, so... I am not like saying, oh, you know, poor men, like they've had it so bad. But the reality is like the patriarchy has just sucked for everybody. And so it's time for us to move out of that old system that has enslaved so many people, not just women. What kind of men do women want now? So women really want men that are strong, that have got their shit together, right? And this comes from, this is evolution. This is biology, right? Women are programmed from billions of years of evolution to want the guy that is the winner, right? The one that is going to give her and her offspring the best chance of survival. And so as women become stronger themselves, as women become more empowered, men have to level up. They have to continually rise in order for women to continue to be attracted to them. Because if a woman, wherever her status is, if she looks at a guy and sees, well, he doesn't have anything to offer me, he doesn't have anything to offer me and my offspring, then she's not going to be interested. So I present this to men as an opportunity, as a challenge to keep buttering themselves, to keep rising to the occasion, right? Women are doing it. Men need to do it also. But unfortunately, what has happened is women have been empowering themselves. And for some reason, men, it seems like they've become less and less empowered, more and more disempowered, right? And so the what's being seen in a lot of culture right now is women getting stronger, men getting weaker, women being very disinterested in what's available as far as men are concerned. And there's just this disconnect that's happened. So women want men that, you know, are the winners that are going to show them uh, a bigger world, right? That are going to, uh, that make a lot of money. You know, these are the things that are strong, that are uh, intelligent. So, and this isn't because women are shallow. This is, comes from biology. And men need to understand and not blame women for this. They're not out there just being gold diggers or, you know, any of this stuff. Like, this it's, is re just it's, how really, it's really a maternal instinct. Even if a woman has made a decision today not to want to be a mother, 
she's still biologically programmed to be a mother. Psychologically, emotionally, she may make a decision not to procreate, but there's still that desire to have a excellent suitor for their children, That even if they don't have any. You follow me? And so really, guys, it's not a gold-digging mentality. Obviously, you can get to that point, but it's literally a maternal instinct to protect the siblings and to desire the best mate for the best chance at having a successful, healthy family. Yeah, absolutely. And when you know, different women are at different places in their lives. And so this doesn't mean that every single guy needs to be the partner at the law firm. Every single guy doesn't have to be, you know, the head of the bank or whatever it is. Like every woman is going to be at a different place in her life. And so setting yourself up for success means finding the women that are attracted to you that see where you are in life as winning and also continuing, continually challenging yourself to level up and to, you know, be a greater man to expand your world. So that way your world is bigger and you can invite a woman into this. So these are the principles that I help guys understand. I, and there's a lot that goes into this, you know, we do work with, inner child stuff and dealing with mommy issues, daddy issues, how society has impacted you as a man. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole spectrum when it comes to sexuality. It's not just about, you know, pussy, penis, fucking, like <laughs> there's that component of it, but our sexuality is a lot more encompassing than that. How much does the sex training that you help your guys with impact those other areas of their lives, like their professional or social existences. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I love that. Uh, there's a guy that's in my group coaching program, man on fire. And we did a sex magic practice. Uh, I guess we did it a month and a half ago and it was specifically around money and he took that to heart and he like really focused on it, did his practices, was really intent on what it was that he was wanting to accomplish in his life. And last week he got the job. He like the after doing that, he a recruiter reached out to him. Uh, he was flown out to do the interview and he got the job. And so it's it really is an all encompassing thing. It's great to see guys like how their sexual energy when they're able to move it out of just the sex center and like through their whole body. So that way they're, they're really experiencing their sexuality, their sexual confidence alive throughout their whole body that they just, they're so much prouder. They stand up taller. They're more confident. Um, more articulate and they're just able to radiate that in the world and it's not coming off as like you know this needy creepy type of sexuality that's all often there when it's just 
like pent up in their cock, you know, like, and they're just like, Oh my God, I gotta like, fuck, I gotta fuck. You know, you can like feel that from a guy when that's like all he's thinking about. And I, I actually like got on to one of the guys that's in my um, group coaching program yesterday because, you know, he, he went on a date and the, the woman, she says uh, afterwards that she didn't feel sexually uh attracted to him and he's like clearly i um clearly i advertised myself wrong on this date because she said this but what this means is she uh thinks that i'm going to perform miserably in bed or something like that i'm paraphrasing and i was like first off you're not going on a date to advertise yourself. You're going on a date to get to know another human being. Hello. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> but guys do that. It's like whenever they're they're just like out there meeting a woman, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, she has tits and I like her ass. Like, okay, whatever. She's a human being. Have a fucking conversation. All right. Like, <laughs> and so you're able to, to do that more and still be very sexual, but empowered by your sexuality, right? Like you're in charge of your sexuality. It's not leading you. It's you're, you're the one in charge and Tantra helps that. It helps guys get that full bodied sexual energy that they are fully in control of. There's so much there. And obviously we're excited about having uh, the opportunity each week to hear your story and to hear the story of guests that will be coming on. Uh, please feel free fellas and ladies too, to email your questions to uh, Sarah and we'll, we'll address those in the mailbag segment, uh, just Sarah at TantricActivation.com. You've got several different ways of people being able to uh, interact with you in your courses. You've got the aforementioned uh, Man on Fire course. Why, why don't you explain each one of them, the Man on Fire first? Yeah, so Man on Fire is a six-month group coaching program, and that is where uh, I will teach guys advanced tantric practices. Uh, they also will get the emotional, psychological component of it as well. Um, it's where I will uh, get on your ass if you're acting out of line. <laughs> just kidding, kind of. I, I, I don't um, think you're just you're kidding. I don't think you're just kidding, though. <laughs> no, I'm not just kidding. Like, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm a tough coach, and I have great teachers that I've learned from myself. I mean, I look, I even look to my jujitsu coaches when I'm coaching men, you know, and I, I watch them. I watch how they coach in class. Um, I work with, um, I'm at the John Jock Machado school here in Austin and like, I'll be in class and I'm learning, but I'm also observing how my professors coach a class. I, I work with, um, BDSM teacher, Omar Pani he's a dominant and I observe, I teach alongside him and I also observe how he works with men, you know? So, and like I mentioned before, um, Gurmuk Karkalsa, she, you know, is an incredible teacher. So I have very, very tough teachers that I've learned from myself. And I definitely bring that energy when I'm, when I'm coaching because, uh, you know, guys, especially in the group coaching program or in private coaching, they're spending a lot of money 
and a lot of time on this program and I don't want them going out into the world after working with me for six months and saying they worked with Sarah Rose and they're still, you know, <laughs> don't have anything to show for it. That's embarrassing to me and I don't want that to happen. So if a guy comes into my program, I want him to succeed and, you know, if he's being a little bitch, I'm going to call him out on it. Right. So. Well, I, I, I t- <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell my clients that if I don't piss you off at some point, I'm not doing my job. It's, right. it's very tempting for coaches who make their living helping people and, and coaching them uh, not to press in uh, because you don't want to lose a client sometimes. But right. you're not having integrity if you don't do that because sometimes whoever you are coaching needs a kick in the ass is that's just the bottom line and so how often does that come up in man on fire where you uh literally have to call somebody out not necessarily specifically but a generic uh criticism of a type of approach of men mm, maybe once a week okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it do happen that's what you're saying <laughs> so then we have man on fire and then we have we have pussyology yeah. What, so, what's okay. pussyology all about, Sarah? Pussyology. What, what's, what's the story of pussyology? <laughs> the story of pussyology is a, it's a tutorial that I will teach men how to stroke a pussy, showing him uh, how to you know stroke the clitoris, how to stroke the G spot, um, uh, how to potentially make her squirt um the different places inside the vagina to stroke how to stroke them so that's pussyology just basically the 101 of pussy uh and it's actually demonstrated i'm demonstrating on a silicone pussy <laughs> so, well listen these. if you can make a silicone pussy squirt you're really doing a job i'll tell you that right now <laughs> So, yeah, pussyology is very fun. Um, also very important because you would, man, I've done a lot of research and <laughs> it's rare to find the guy that gets pussy. Like he, it's something that you guys need to do. Just do yourself a favor and get pussyology. Uh, and then I have Sex Stallion Training, which is a seven-week course that uh, trains guys in the fundamentals of tantric sex. So the physical practices, the physical fundamentals of getting you um, trained in tantric sex are in Sex Stallion Training. It's uh, seven weeks. Every week you get a new video, you get a new audio guide that guides you step-by-step step on how to... Um, do like broken down bit by bit when it comes to the pieces of tantric sex, everything you need to know, um, strengthening your PC muscle, edging, separating orgasm from ejaculation, all the way to moving the sexual energy through your body. So like, as I was saying before, uh, when it comes to, you know, not having all your sexual energies just pent up in your cock, but throughout your entire body. So that you get in sex stallion training. All of my programs are designed to be learned on your own first. So Sex Stallion Training and Man on Fire, you can be in a relationship, but you don't have to be. Um, the practices that 
they give you, you learn through masturbation. So that way you can master them first on your own and then use them with a partner. But it's a lot easier to learn on your own first. So that's why they're all designed for guys to do through masturbation practices. Well, you've had a specific uh, emphasis on the sex stallion training uh, with the holiday season. Uh, you can start sex, excuse me, you can start sex stallion training anytime, but it is the holiday gift giving season. And uh, what a better thing for either a guy to get for himself for the holidays or his significant other uh, to that would be a wonderful uh, holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you celebrate. Uh, gift for uh, the guy in your life, sex stallion training. Yeah, definitely. I use code all she wants <laughs> to get sex stallion training $100 off right now. That program, um, I'm running that special uh, through Christmas. So, um, yeah, it's definitely what she wants for Christmas is a sex stallion. Uh, all the other stuff that you get her, I'm sure will bring a smile to her face, but um, <laughs> I know it's going to make her smile throughout her entire body, and that's a sex stallion. So um, definitely check that out on tantricactivation.com and become a sex stallion. <laughs> Remember the song when we were kids? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front. <laughs> yes. All I want for Christmas is a sex stallion, a sex stallion, a sex stallion. It's very easy. Just go to tantricactivation.com. All the information is there. One of the segments that we will be having on the Sarah Rose Story is Story Time with Sarah. This particular inaugural podcast has pretty much been uh, the entire uh, Sarah Rose story. It's ongoing, of course, but uh, we'll have that as a segment moving forward. As I said, we'll have the uh, Ask Sarah Mailbag segment as well, so please send your questions and your comments to sarah at, at, at uh, tantricactivation.com. But can we get into a couple questions from the mailbag that we have already, Ms. Yeah, Sarah? let's do it. All right, so uh, we got Tyler from Tacoma. He writes that Sarah, sometimes I can barely get out of my pants. Can you help me with premature ejaculation? So premature ejaculation is something that a lot of guys come to me with, and it's something that a lot of guys are dealing with. So it's estimated that about 70% of guys are uh, struggling with premature ejaculation. And first off, I'd like to let guys see the bigger picture with this. So biologically ejaculating quickly was in the, the benefit of men to the benefit of men, because the quicker he ejaculated, the more likely his sperm would get up inside and impregnate her. And therefore, you know, his offspring will be the one to be born and his his um, genetics go on. So those genes are the genes that got passed down, right? So if we look at it from that perspective, then you're actually <laughs> the guys, the 70% of you that have this, there's a reason for it, right? Uh, we live in a day and age now where women are wanting sexual satisfaction and they're not sexually satisfied when it 
if a guy is coming in one to three minutes, which is what happens a lot of the time. So first off, you're not alone. Second of all, off, there's not something that is wrong with you. Um, and third of all, um, guys that have worked with me, um, many guys that have worked with me have been able to achieve their desire of lasting longer in bed. So this is uh, definitely something that I work with. It's something that the practices that I give guys are uh, often help them with. And it's, um, you know, it's something where we really work on relaxing that part of the body work on uh, through the masturbation practices that I give guys. They're able to last longer and longer. Um, it's a visualization thing. It's using their breath. There's a lot of different components that go into it, but I have had men go through uh, programs with me and then report back that in the past they weren't able to last more than one to three minutes. And after working with me, they were able to have sex for over an hour without any issue at all. So every man is going to be different. No guarantees of how it's going to work for you. But I have definitely had guys go through programs with me and have really good results. We have a question from Stephen in St. Louis. He says, what is this full body orgasm that I'm hearing so much about? Yeah, so full body orgasm is uh, ties in with what I've talking talked about already today about having the full bodied experience of our sexuality, and this same goes for orgasm. So rather than orgasm just being localized in the cock, it can be um, the you know the whole genital region. It can spread throughout the entire body. It feels it can feel like. Um, you have honey melting through your body and like that, that warm honey spreading and the orgasm spreading along with your body. If you kind of have that visual of it. Uh, so yes, orgasm can definitely happen throughout the whole body. It doesn't have to just be in the genitals and it can be um, separate from ejaculation. So that way, which is nice for guys because then there's not a refractory period afterwards. Um, they're able to have an orgasm and keep going since they haven't ejaculated. And often the refractory period is associated with um, ejaculation. So it's something, you know, guys hear about women being multi-orgasmic and this helps men be multi-orgasmic as well. You actually have guys that you work with become multi-orgasmic? Yes, yes, definitely. And the sex stallion training may help with that. So, yeah, sex stallion training um, definitely teaches that. Uh, Man on Fire goes into it in a lot more detail. We've got this uh, kind of um, congruent question from uh, Mike from Miami. He wants to know about orgasms without ejaculating. And he, he says, Sarah, I have a problem, he says, with uh, not being able to ejaculate, but can I achieve orgasm without ejaculating? Okay, so he says that he has a hard time ejaculating first? Correct. Yeah, and this is actually something that um, 
a lot of guys tell me as well, and this is less talked about than premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction, you know, like premature ejaculation, so many guys deal with it that, you know, it's kind of become a joke about, you know, the, the guy that just comes super fast. And then, uh, there's, you know, a lot of information out there around erectile dysfunction because, you know, there's a lot of money being made in the, um, pharmaceutical field, uh, around that, in, around that issue. And so not as many people are talking about the guys that can't ejaculate and this, there's a lot of different reasons for this. Um, many, it could be sometimes medications definitely make that happen. Um, and if there's, uh, you know, some sort of physiological thing going on, then work with your doctor for sure. But many times the doctor, guys come to me and say their doctors tells them that there's nothing going on physiologically, but it can be stress related. It can be anxiety induced. It can be from depression, uh, things like that. And so I, if it's something that's physiological or emotional, then we definitely work on that in the man on fire program. And, but yes, so you can definitely orgasm without ejaculating. So there are many guys that have done tantric practices and learned how to orgasm without ejaculation. So it's um, definitely part of, of what we work on. But if you can't ejaculate, you'd want to have that addressed at some point. If you can't ejaculate, you definitely, if you're having any type of physiological um, issues, then definitely see a doctor. Absolutely. This is Sarah Rose, her story. What was your favorite story growing up as a kid? My favorite story. Your favorite lullaby fairy tale. Um, well, let's see. I was definitely a Disney princess girl. <laughs> um, definitely loved Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, all the the fairy tales. Yes, I was a very much like the dreamer, romantic, like <laughs> all that kind of girly stuff. Where are you at on romance now? Where am I at on romance? Huh. It's an interesting one. Uh, I I love to fall in love. Like I think falling in love what is one of the best sensations. I love falling asleep at night with a smile on my face, thinking about you know some whoever it may be, and like there's just nothing better than that romantic state of love where uh you know everything's rose-colored glasses and the dopamine highs the adrenaline rushes that come with it so yeah being in love is amazing romance is amazing well whether you want to uh continue in the romance you're in or find new romance or just be able to uh last longer the sex stallion training is a great way to start, and uh, this, there's no better time than the present. Uh, and for a Christmas present or a holiday gift, just go to tantricactivation.com, and uh, you can send your comments and your questions to Sarah there, and we will continue the story next time. How about that? Sounds great. Thanks, Glenn. For the Sarah Rose story, this is Glenn Klein.